Hey, Changemakers, welcome to another episode of the Sacred Changemakers podcast. My name is Jane Morillow, and I have another great guest lined up for you today. Now, this podcast, as you know, is about change and transformation, but we're not talking about any old change. We believe in change for good, which lies at the intersection of three things, personal, professional and social transformation. So come with us on a journey as we go behind the scenes with people who are making a real difference in our world. Each episode, we're going to be diving deeply into topics at the intersection. Sometimes we'll be interviewing thought leaders and sometimes we'll be leading deep dive conversations, tackling the challenging issues of our times. Now, our guest on the podcast this week is Pasha Hogan. Pasha is the founder and teacher of The Joy of Creative Discovery, which is also the title of her latest book. She's also the author of Third Time Lucky, A Creative Recovery. She trained in humanistic and integrative psychotherapy and counseling at the Tivoli Institute in Dublin, Ireland, and arts and empowerment facilitation at Crawford College of Art and Design. Drawing on and building from her experience as a psychotherapist, coach, yoga, meditation teacher, Reiki master, teacher, and three-time cancer survivor, Pasha supports and guides people through life transitions and challenges. She's a passionate believer in the integration of body, mind, and spirit for living a joyful and balanced life. Pasha works with individuals and treatment facilities, including staff support, specializing in trauma, addiction, living beyond a cancer diagnosis and grief and loss. So welcome, Pasha. Thank you, Jane. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, the title of our conversation, Pasha, that we've chosen is Summoning the Sacred. And I can't tell you how resonant that feels for me. And I have to say, I'm somewhat intrigued by your work and really looking forward to learning more today. So let's get started by me asking you a a fairly open question. You know, our listeners have just heard your bio, so they've got a sense of who you are professionally in the world. But who's the real life human behind that bio? That's a great question because all these uh, bios, even listening to a bio is always, is sometimes a little unsettling or unnerving. You know? um, so thank you for that question. So the person behind the bio is, uh, yes, someone who's really, I had to do a lot of my own, you know, personal work. Uh, and I think many of us that are called to, to this work, you know, when you're talking about sacred change makers, um, it's because we realize that something has to change in our own lives, you know, on a really deep and a personal level. And for me, um, I became interested in transformation and growth and change through basically through life knocking on my door uh, through the form of cancer. And that was when I was 26 years old, uh, the first time, and living a in London and working in the, you know, the Lloyd's Exchange and, you know, very much in a, a very different world and universe that I'm in right now and wanting to just pretend it wasn't happening, you know, and it came again a few years later when I was 29. And this time I, I started to pay a little bit more attention to it even though I'd have my boss bring in files to the hospital 
uh, <sighs> afraid that he would think I wasn't able to do my job or I didn't want to miss the next business trip and completely unaware of just how out of balance, you know, my own, my own life mm. had become. And then I got the message loud and clear uh, the third time uh, on a break from work, break from the office, working in Dublin at this point, uh, when I had a third diagnosis. And it was at that, that same day, I received the news that I was accepted on a part-time course to study uh, psychotherapy and counseling as I had started to enter counseling myself. Uh, between those two diagnoses, because I realized, you know, I, I really wasn't living my soul's calling, you know, and that was the start, I would say that was really the start. And that was over 20 years ago. That was the start of me really beginning to question everything, you know, about my life and the life I thought I was supposed to be living and what I thought successful was meant to be according to a lot of um, things outside of myself. Mm. And so that was, that was the start. And really it has not, you know, since then I have been on this journey of really getting intimate with questions and, um, and being willing not to know so much really, you know, really being willing not to know so much and that warmth and curiosity um, towards myself, towards other people's um, struggles and realizing just this shared humanity and this you know, common human experience that we're all in. And um, it's okay not to have all the answers, you know, but mm. to be at least willing to look in new places for them or ask different questions. Mm. I love that and I actually didn't know that about you um it's really interesting hear you hearing you talk about you know that time in your life and that that third diagnosis that is it true to say that that was where you felt you really like I don't know if you'd use this language but awakened because you realized you were out of alignment so how, how did you go from a cancer diagnosis to realizing that this was almost like it was happening because you were out of alignment? Because that's what I heard you say. Mm. Well, this is again, personally, I'm not saying that is for any, anybody else on the planet, but certainly for me, I, I felt like it was life trying to whisper things to me the first two times, mm. you know, and how it often happens, right? You'll get the little right. one, hey, pay attention, or, um, and, you know, I just was, did not compute. That was not something I wanted to hear and uh, kept just going at a very fast pace. And for me, I really felt and believed, and I, I really believe to this day that it is what has gotten me to this point was, when I heard that third cancer diagnosis, when I, you know, I realized how like, really unhappy I was in maybe the line of work that I was doing or just not feeling like myself, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I just really, you know, I almost felt like an imposter putting on 
my suit every day and going into work. And I know now that it really had nothing to do with that. Mm. Um, it was more, it was more me really understanding that, okay, I, this is the Mack truck coming now. I'm paying attention and I'm going to participate in this, you know? And it was really that participation and asking questions like, wow, what, you know, what is my calling or what do I care about? What makes my heart sing? Um, you know, uh, so for, for me, yeah, definitely you're right, uh, Jane. For me, I felt that I was, yeah, just out of dance, walking to a different, a beat that just, you know, wasn't natural for me. And it, take a, it takes time, you know, to even admit that to yourself because yeah. you so desperately want things to be almost like back to normal, which I think you know, we're all so used to now in these contemporary times, like that isn't an option. So it's like, okay, how do I wanna participate in the next part of my life? You know, however long that is for. And how do you want to participate? Because <laughs> it's a great um, question. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really, want to show up and be the brightest light I can be, you know, uh, and, and participate in it like, as a like co-creation, you know, and accepting invitations, making invitations uh, with, with curiosity, uh, with wonderment, you know, with astonishment, not taking anything for granted, even mm. a, a new morning. And, you know, after a while and after being well for a long time, it's very easy to forget those things. Mm. Uh, so I have a practice, like a really a practice of um, reminding myself what, what a privilege it is to be here and, and get to participate in a new day. Mm. And have conversations with people and be able to listen and with compassion that's lovely the way you because as you're speaking I'm not only hearing your words I actually feel the depth of emotion that you've got beneath the surface of what you're sharing and you know it just feels so I know there's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of energy underneath that that um and it's something that truly resonates for me because I don't know if we've actually had a discussion about this. I don't think we have, which is the same thing happened to me. So I'm not cancer. So um, I've had medical injuries and um, I had a major medical injury when I gave birth to my, my son, who's my youngest child. Um, that literally, I was running a leadership development consultancy out of London and um, at the time, very successful multi-million dollar company that I owned. And that, and then I give birth to Jacob, suffered a massive medical injury to my spinal cord, bladder and kidneys, went misdiagnosed for a year because I thought I would be fine and I could just work through it. And then collapsed in London um, and basically was taken out of everything that I would call life because I was I had numerous surgeries put on opiate medication like just completely took me out of life and it's interesting that I came to a similar conclusion to you 
with with enough space and time to connect the dots I realized I was out of alignment and that was the beginning of me shifting my work to incorporate the sacred and energy work and invisible elements like what I call resonance into my work at the time which was with a lot of global and senior teams in large organizations and started to bring that work together and then I had a I I did that and did that for many years and then uh, I don't know how many years ago it would be now three or four years in California ago I had a car accident (laughs) there was another injury to remind me that I had gone out of alignment again and my calling is really with this sacred change makers work and so to stop stop working and and really expand my stop working in just for profit and uh, in the pursuit of more the relentless pursuit of more and really start to ask bigger questions of my clients like not just what do you want but what does the world need from you Mm. and really start the process of generative leadership and um and really own it and own my own life as sacred in a way i don't think i ever have before so Thank you for, for yeah. being, you know, brave enough and courageous enough uh, to, to notice, right? And to stop yeah. and interrupt uh, yep. the successful pattern even. You know? Right, and right. Yeah, you know, according to, it's like, yes, this is the tangent. This is the way to keep going. And I think what we're, we're all seeing, like, like you were talking about also collectively, is that you know, that they're not necessarily working, they're not working anymore, you know, and it's not healthy and it's not, um, it's not in service of, of being fully alive, I think, you know, of, of the sacred, right. of that sacred change makers, you know? Yeah. So I love that the work that you are doing, Jane, and again, it takes courage to you know, go on, step onto a new road and a, and a path that, you know, for people sometimes who are used to you speaking a certain way, or right. language <laughs> changes, and it's like, I don't know about this. It sounds a little, you know, yeah. and to not apologize for it because that's what I heard you say. And right. that's is not, you have to apologize right. for making courageous decisions in the direction of wholeness yeah and and that well I mean what you've just said there was absolutely my journey because although after the first like healing if you like which was very much oriented around self-healing for me and using energy medicine and spiritual healing um not the usual orthodox medicine that just didn't work for me and I was given a terminal diagnosis um was um realizing that I was, I was, I was bought into it, but only to a certain level because <laughs> I was scared of it. I was really scared of showing up so differently to my strategic business education, you know, and, uh, 
And that's why I love the title that we've got today, Summoning the Sacred. Because what I'm learning about this word sacred, it was a word I, it's not been in my vernacular for most of my life. In my early life, it started as a word that was tied into religion and Catholicism and, you know, or even, so my mum was Catholic, my dad was Church of England. So really understanding that it, it belonged to the church, <laughs> really, that word. And, and then really liberating that at this stage in my life now to almost liberating it from organized religions and saying, well, what does that mean to me? And then if I hold what I'm learning, Pasha, is if I learn, if I hold anything as sacred, everything around that changes. Mm -hmm. The whole energy around it changes. So what does that mean to you, like summoning the sacred? Mm. Well, I just love, I love what you said about how you see things. You know, when you see things in a different way, um, it's like even, so, you know, I talk about sometimes softening your gaze, mm. you know, to allow room um, to call in an intention of something. I'm making it so it has a different vibration. You know, yeah. you can feel it and it actually nearly is tangible. So for me, um, when we're talking about, you know, summoning the sacred, you know, summoning is like calling a lot yeah. of the time. And, and very often we think of it's, you know, calling something external, you know, um, whether it's a, a guide or a ancestor or... A, so a deity and that's can be very wonderful for people um, and can also be called into mirror something back and when I'm talking about and feeling about summoning the sacred it means really calling calling forth um, in an internal place you know calling forth these sacred aspects of ourselves maybe that are are, are hidden away um, in these places of our hearts and our imagination um, at fresh thresholds um, and dreams that we may have for ourselves and things that sometimes just can't even be given a name. Uh, so it's more that, that connection of a, a connection to something bigger than the small stories, perhaps, you know, that we tell ourselves about ourselves, you know, predicts. <laughs> um, so that's it. Summoning the sacred is, it's, it's a very much internal thing. You know, and I think it's calling forth the mm. gifts that we have, you know, that may be hidden from other people, even hidden from ourselves um, and, and, and calling, calling ourselves even accountable, like that it's, it's our responsibility um, on this planet right now to, to bring them forth because people are hungry and we are ourselves, you know, for something richer and deeper. So, I mean, you, your book, uh, the title of it is The Joy of Creative Discovery. That's the latest book. The book before that was Creative Recovery. Mm -hmm. So are these books kind of charting your, your path from recovery to discovery? <laughs> yeah, that's well, well, well uh, picked up there, Jane. <laughs> so, it's, uh, well, the first book I wrote uh, was called Third Time Lucky, A Creative yeah. Recovery. And, you know, from the title third time, lucky was that cancer diagnosis that I really grew to understand and treat as something 
you know, a lucky thing in a way, because I feel like it really woke me up to a whole new way of walking on this earth and mm. summoning the sacred actually um, forth in myself and seeing things as sacred around me. Uh, so that is more of a, a memoir, really. That really is my, my journey um, through cancer into doing this work, you know? And then a couple of years later, uh, I wrote The Joy of Creative Discovery, which the subtitle is Practices to Reclaim Your Purpose and Passion. Quite a mouthful mm -hmm. there. <laughs> but, and that's really based on a very, it's a workbook. Like that's a very practical mm -hmm. workbook of uh, a compilation of about 10 different themes of workshops that I give in my creative recovery. It's like a psycho-spiritual approach to living, really. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's guided, it's, you know, there's exercises, there's little vignettes in there, and it's, it's very much a hands-on. It's like, you participate in your own, uh, in your, in your own life, you know, with warmth and curiosity and wonder. And uh, so that, and then there's guided meditations as well that there are links to, and just really, so people can embody their own experience, you know, and, and chart their own path mm. because, you know, my path's going to be different just like yours is for everybody. So there's hopefully a way everybody can find their way um, to enter. Mm. And, you know, I, I love how you just said psycho spiritual approach to living to life, because I'm like, what is that? I've never heard that phrase before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds so kind of life-giving. I, I can't think of the right word to use here, but it, it sounds so vital, so energizing. So like it is calling forth life in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love you to walk us through that a little bit so we can get a, a deeper understanding of of what this means where because also I think it links into when you said you woke up to a whole new world so tell us about that <laughs> hey well um you know when I'm saying spiritual you know that can be mean a lot of different things right for, for yeah. a lot of people so how I like to refer to it is um I'm going to call forth uh, the wonderful John O'Donoghue, uh, oh, yeah. mystic and writer and poet and just an amazing person who who died about 10 years ago, I'd say now, and far too young. But anyway, uh, he's been a great inspiration to me over the mm. years. And he wrote about spiritual and spirituality um, akin to really being on this spiritual path, being on a, a path of life where it's sometimes a difficult and painful process of really, really learning how to love ourselves. Mm. And when I read that, it just, just totally resonated with me. Because for me, that's what a spiritual, my spiritual path has been, mm. you know, uh, difficult and painful at times with ups and downs and twists and turns from, you know, not liking myself very much at all, uh, judging myself, not enough isms, you know, <laughs> playing constantly. 
Um, and it really has been and continues to be, of course, this, this process of, of learning to love and accept myself, you know, just as I am and understanding that, you know, uh, when I say the psycho-spiritual, it's you know, just even with the training that I've had and, and, you know, just understanding this, the mind, you know, that it is this you know, relentless sea uh, and the rising and falling pots constantly and we get to choose we really do have a choice what we pay our attention to and what we focus on. And we have a mindset, which means just by the word mindset that it's constantly changing, you know? Mm. So for me, that kind of psycho-spiritual approach is really understanding, raising awareness and that understanding that we have choices and our narrative isn't written in stone and we can ask questions and get curious about different paths and nature and just really expand, expand our thought process when it comes to ourselves, you know, and who, mm -hmm. and asking that question, you know, like, who do you, you know, who, who am I? Right. You know, that, that has been around at the beginning of time, but not in, um, you know, the kind of pejorative or, accusatory who do you think you are kind of voice but more of like wow I wonder, mm. I wonder what... and I don't have to what if there's you know there's even a bigger more beautiful version of myself right here right now uh, and, and how can I connect with that you know mm. and usually it's by you know, being still and finding places where we can learn how to turn down the volume of the, you know, relentless commenting, judging, opinionated voices that go on inside mm. of us. Mm. I don't know if I've answered your question. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just allowing myself to just, you have such a lovely calm I don't know, it's like you're a really soft place to land in a way. And I was just allowing myself, you know, to just kind of let your words wash through me. It was just such a lovely expression that you just did. And yeah, I, I totally get it. And I also want to play a little bit of devil's advocate because, you know, there's bound to be somebody listening who has got no concept whatsoever <laughs> of what you're talking about, right? Which is like mind, body, spirit to some individuals um, can feel like such an abstraction. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, there's a, a lack of understanding in our cultures about integrating these things. And I think there definitely is. You know, we, we don't learn about these things in school, you know. Um, and so I'd love to ask you, you know, just a very simple question. I'd love to hear what you say to why is that important that we connect in, in, in almost this holistic way, rather than just kind of the way we're socialized to? Because it sounds to me like you've gone beneath the surface of everyday life you found deeper meaning in what's happened to you 
Well, I can only speak to my own experience. That's where I've always start, right? And and then use that is what I've right. learned um, to meet people wherever they are. And so, you know, for me, I just feel like we're not just these, um, you know, bodies walking around mechanically, you know, um, there are emotions, you know, experiences that manifest in our bodies, you know, and, and we're walking around with the effects of, for me also, a car accident when I was 21 or, or whatever it happens to be, you know, and that things can get, thing, emotions, experiences, memories get lodged in our bodies. And, you know, there are ways that we can, and support we can get to, to, to help uncover them, to help loosen, uh, loosen these experiences that, you know, that we, there's so many, so much that we don't know, but there's so much that we do know too with the, mm. the science and research. And it's, you know, how do you feel in your body? Where is it tight? Like learning how to check in with yourself and what, you know, what's my baseline and what is it when I feel like relaxed or have I ever felt relaxed and, and, and to try and, and, create experiences for people where the, the body can be a pleasant place, you know, mm. uh, and not just chopped with anxiety or going through the motions and learning how to listen and slow down. And that is such a practice for me because I am one of the most impatient people I know. <laughs> uh, that's not an easy thing, but practice means noticing, right? Start to notice, I... oh, you know, what are my triggers? You know, what causes anxiety? Is, is it a certain time of day, a voice, an interaction? Um, how does my body feel when I'm in nature? What's my breathing like when, when I'm walking by water? Um, when I'm hearing the birds sing? You know, like starting to just pay attention to your senses and to you know, responses and reactions in your body. And, you know, it can sound, I mean, I understand how you're talking about mindfulness is so almost overused now. I mean, if there could be such a thing, you know, it's on every magazine cover, checking out right. a, a <laughs> supermarket or whatever, but it's, it's just actually, you know, really paying attention and getting off of our own backs. Mm -hmm. And who does, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> So finding ways that people can enter uh, that to have just a more integrated experience, you know, of, of being more fully alive, mm. you know, whether it's gardening or, or yoga or cooking or walking, listening, paying attention, using all our senses, um, you know, making new invitations to ourselves. Mm. I love that idea, new invitations to ourselves, because what it sounds like you're describing here to me is I really get now this joy of creative discovery, because that's what it sounds like you just walked us through, is really noticing ourselves from a different perspective than when we're just kind of inside looking out through the eyes and whatever, just living life. But there's much more 
awareness in, in, in what you're describing here and choice in deciding then what's supporting our lives and our life direction for us. And it's really bringing everything into this conscious awareness where, of course, there's more choice. And we can invite, offer invitations to ourselves. And I've never thought of it in that way. So I love that idea that I can invite myself into different perspectives and different views and different levels of awareness. That feels like something I love to do. <laughs> it really <Yeah>. does. <laughs> You're describing it. Um, it's just thinking about, like, in, even looking in, in our ordinary days, you know, in our lives, it's like, wow, where's the invitation to freedom here? You know, even if it's in a difficult conversation, even if it's in a uh, you know, something that you're not so crazy about doing, or if it's you're trying something new, it's like, huh, where's, where's the invitation to freedom here? At least maybe the freedom to change your mind, the freedom to create a boundary, the freedom to make a different choice. Um, you know, rather than, you know, the root, getting trapped in the routines or the have tos or the supposed tos. You know, it's just about the awareness and space and choice, as you so beautifully said. Mm, that's lovely. And you've chosen what I would think of as quite challenging contexts in which to bring your work to life. You know, if I read in your bio, you know, trauma, addiction, you know, cancer diagnosis, grief, loss, these are all things that most of us try and move away from <laughs> in life. <laughs> And I'm being very honest there when I say that. I notice how people don't like those kind of, you know, the energies around those kind of situations because we're not always sure what to do. And we're certainly not in control sometimes when we find ourselves in those places. So tell me about your choice there. Why are you working in those places? And, and what's your work? Like, what's the purpose? Because I feel there's a divine purpose here sacred mission even <laughs> well i feel like that i guess my intention behind it that if there's a, a sacred purpose it's it's really to help people connect with their own light you know with with hope with the most beautiful parts of themselves and support them in doing that it's really being a compassionate witness you know, mm -hmm. honestly uh, there's no you know there's not a magic formula or anything like that it's really about wanting to be that compassionate witness for somebody uh, who's struggling who just may not have the energy or the the tools uh, to do it on their own I mean I couldn't have gotten through my own health issues and cancer diagnosis on my on my own I had a lot of support and I had compassionate witnesses with me from day one and skilled therapists and yoga teachers and um, radiologists and oncologists and friends and girlfriends who just listened to me and my mom uh, and 
And I really, I, I just feel like all of these things that we're talking about, you know, creative discovery or like in, in stories and mindfulness and embodying experiences through yoga, being in nature, these experiences that I've had. And, you know, I just feel if, if I can hold that space uh, for someone to have their own experience, even if it's just some small step towards knowing that they're worthy of having a second chance or, mm. you know, imagining next year, you know, or imagining, envisioning a different way of walking in the world. Um, like what a privilege and an honor that is, truly. And it also really also forces me in many respects to really continue to practice this myself and to take good care of myself and, and have good boundaries um, around my own health and wellness and time and space. Um, so I guess it started initially, Jane, with working with women, you know, who were dealing with breast cancer and getting involved with organizations. Uh, there's an organization called the Young Survival Coalition and that is still around and it's a wonderful organization. They're based out of New York, they're all over the States. And I started doing some groups with them. And, you know, as always, I learn as much from every single person mm -hmm. I walk any part of the path with. It's a constant, uh, very humbling experience and, very rewarding at the same time and, and difficult at times too. Sometimes I need to take breaks and um, yeah, and just look at, you know, keep asking myself, okay, like, you know, what, how, how is this helpful or how can I, how can I change this or is this still feeling like it's, it's really true to where I'm at right now. And it does, you know, the answer is yes, right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so then when it was started with working with cancer with creative recovery initially, and then I realized that, you know, I was working at a treatment uh, center in New Mexico and for a residential trauma and addiction. And I was teaching, started teaching yoga there. And I realized that it was like, people are people, you know, whatever it, it turns up, whether it comes in the form of a, a knock from life, comes in the form of uh, an addiction or a health issue, you know, people really are hungry to, to feel worthy and feel loved and um, to be able to cultivate those feelings for themselves. So then it came to more of not just recovery, but discovering a, a whole a lifestyle, a whole way, a new way of living and seeing ourselves. Hmm. And that is just, it, it's so interesting listening to you. What you're saying is like, you're describing a very simple path, but mm -hmm. one that's also very profound uh, in a way that you are, you were able to listen and follow. And it's almost like I hear you saying that you kind of followed where life wanted to take you <laughs> in a way, mm -hmm. 
which in itself is unusual in our modern world. Yeah, it's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I question it often. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, uh, so, yeah, you know, I, just like everybody else, uh, my own fears and worries and can go into self-doubt. And uh, But it's just, you know, really having a, a place to land you know, yeah. with the spiritual practice and like, that's the anchor and coming back to my breath, the ground underneath me, looking around, you know, coming back into the present moment and knowing that nothing lasts forever. Things are constantly changing right. and to try and anchor to myself to something bigger than, again, the little new, new little narratives that pop up, you know, right. for myself as well, all the time <laughs> and to practice noticing them when they do, you yeah. know? And, and just like, okay, what's the kind? Is, is this kind? You know, is it true? Yeah. So what have you learned over the years? I mean, I'd love you to share a few insights of what you've learned from working with these people in, you know, what for them is very traumatic situations, whatever the, the context is. But I just wonder, you know, what, what insights have you kind of garnered along the way? Well, I just want to add too that when I work in these, a lot of the time in these settings, you know, I'm part of a team mm -hmm. and that is invaluable. So I'm, you know, one, one of the compassionate witnesses, you know, to accompany people on the journey. Um, and what I have, because things that I've observed is that people really, no matter what's gone to be, to feel like they're being seen that they're being understood, that they have a story to tell, that we all have a story to tell, every single one of us, and to have someone genuinely interested in the space to tell it, uh, that, you know, it's really this worthiness, a lot of it comes down to, you know, um, people not feeling worthy of another chance or of a different way of being in the world of rewriting a, a script and that really just compassion compassion and kindness are great healers and we all need them and long for it and we need more of it especially when it comes to ourselves <laughs> And, uh, and then we can, when we have, can, we can hold that compassionate space for ourselves. It's, it's a lot easier to offer it. Yeah. So, and people are remarkable and resilient. And, yeah. And really just, I'm astounded. I'm astounded every day by what people go through and um, and move through. Yeah. And um, I have some sense of what you're talking about there. Um, I've limited uh, experience in those places, but whenever I find myself with people who are in, for one reason or another, deep trauma, the resilience the, of the human spirit is just mm. something that never ceases to amaze me, mm. ever. Yeah. And, you know, these times we're navigating 
on a global basis right now. There's there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of trauma out there. And I, I just wondered if, you know, I know in your practice as a psychotherapist and, you know, and all the work that you're doing in this these deep spaces with people, you're probably not used to giving advice. <laughs> but I kind of want to ask you for it, for our listeners. Like, if people are finding themselves kind of mired in trauma right now for whatever reason I mean what can you share that can kind of help them take maybe just a step in the right direction what would you say well first of all I'm just going to say I'm not speaking as a psychotherapist right now and uh i'm not really i'm not practicing psychotherapy when i'm working in these settings right I'm practicing more of this of uh of the of the holistic work you know of yeah. not psychotherapy isn't but more of the yoga the workshops the stories the mindfulness building resiliency mm-hmm. and you know from my own person so i just really wanted to clarify that piece but also you know, during this time like this, yes, this is, this is a really, let's, this is a difficult time and this is good to pass too. And what just, just small things to start closer, you know, with whether it's the connections that we make are so important right now to just stay connected to people, stay connected to nature, stay connected just to the little things um, that you can control, you know, um, right. and that's, that's how you talk to your, notice when you're being hard on yourself and maybe carry around this question in your back pocket, you know, what's, what's the kindest thing I can do for myself right now? Mm-hmm. What's a small kindness I can extend to somebody else right now in that act of service, whether it's reaching out to someone. Um, I think it's the whole you know, connections. And I think the lack of that human touch is really hard for so, so many, so many of us. Um, but it's just really staying, staying connected. Mm. And not isolating um, your heart. Yeah. That sounds like really sound advice for us all actually and I can feel myself as you're talking really wanting to sit with that myself to really think about you know how am I being proactive in the connections that I want to make and the support that I would like to give to you know people in my life at this time so thank you for that and just being gentle right just being gentle with yeah You don't have to write the next book for lockdown or you don't have projects. Like just be gentle. Just be gentle. Yeah. So I'm just watching the time here, uh, Pasha, and noticing that um, I'm going to ask you a final question, which is if there's something you'd hoped we'd cover today, something you'd hope we'd get to that you could share with our listeners, what might it be? I would say I have these just for today principles, I call them like a little sacred contract I make with myself and I share with a lot of people that I work with. And they're really simple and it's just for today. I 
and breathing in warmth and kindness towards myself. Just for today, I'm breathing in warmth and kindness, feeling it fill my body. Just for today, I am my own compassionate witness. I, I feel if we could all offer that to ourselves, to the person, the stranger, perhaps you're meeting in the mirror, really be your own most compassionate witness at this time. I think it will make a difference. That's lovely. Thank you. Gosh, Pasha, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. Uh, I know our listeners will have learned so much from you. and I could just keep on talking to you, <laughs> but I know it's getting late. <laughs> so thank you. I mean, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast and sharing your your wisdom, your insights and your energy. It's just been such a joy for me. So thank you. Likewise. Thanks, Jane, for having me. What, what a beautiful invitation. Um, thank you. I'm glad I accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay, listeners, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. And before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And our growing community of changemakers are actually our sponsors who help us to keep doing our work in the world. We're a network of people committed to making the world a better place. We support each other to grow personally and professionally. And together, we're making a direct impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. All visible on our website. So if you're interested, I invite you to take a look. It's time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs from you. Together, we can make a meaningful difference. Again, you can find us at sacredchangemakers.com. And if our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.